episode 61, I can't believe it's come down to this. Garbage Pail Kids. Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast where Adam, Jeff, and Jeremy invite you on a cinematic adventure to create prequels, sequels, and reboots to your favorite movie franchises. Joined by special guests along the way, Sequel Quest is go for launch. So let the adventure begin now. No clever intro today. It's finally happened. We've hit the bottom of the barrel, or can as it were. Over the course of the show, I've subjected Jeff and Jeremy to pixie dust puke like Xanadu, the greasy gloom of the room, but nothing is sticky and icky as the Garbage Pail Kids movie. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Amen. You've seen this movie, Jeremy. You can't unsee this movie. In fact, I think Jeff was so disturbed by it, he actually could not join us tonight. He's hiding somewhere. Holding his child close. But before we talk through this shared cinematic trauma, then let's meet the brave crew of podcasters that we do have with us here. You heard him happily taking a bath in an overflowing dumpster of fish guts and discarded razors. It's Junkie Jeremy. Hey, hey. Licking an envelope while my flesh bubbles and falls to the ground in a melted mass of goo, I'm Anthrax Adam. And our special guest tonight, currently being wrapped around the wheels of a skateboard and stretched out like pig fleshy taffy, from the horror movie barbecue blog and podcast, it's Rad Chad. Oh my gosh, well I can't follow that. He's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. I'm, I am so ready to get gross. I have to mention, though, just as with all Garbage Pail Kids, I actually did have an alternate name for Chad, but I thought, you know, it wouldn't quite connect, so let me share this one with you then. It's okay. suffocated under a sheet of plastic wrap while lying on a plate of leftovers. It's Glad Chad. Huh? <laughs> Glad plastic wrap. It was a stretch. I like that. Yeah. I like That's that a one. Dexter episode. That one is. To quote Kit Ramsey for Bowfinger, it's too cerebral. We're trying to make a movie, not a film. But really, this whole show came about because Chad tweeted out his opinion that there are endless possibilities for a Garbage Pail Kids movie sequel that Hollywood has just not jumped on. So we're going to test that theory tonight. Are you ready, Chad? Oh, jeez. We're going to test it, all right. We're going to be testing the listeners to see how quick they can just, just like, flush on out. But let, let's talk about this, because obviously, before the movie, the reason the movie even had a chance to exist and fail horribly, Garbage Pail Kids was a phenomenon in the 80s. And, Chad, talk to us a little bit about your history with the trading cards. Well, first off, my mom hated them, obviously. As would I, most parents. Exactly. So, I mean, well, I, I guess I, I, I would expect her to. My brother had them. I have a brother who's about uh, eight years older than me. So anything that he just got tired of, I ended up getting. So I got a couple of his garbage pail kids. And around, like, middle or high school, one of my classmates uh, brought him in one day. And I was like, oh, man, I remember those. Yeah, hey, Adam Bomb, you know, Gross Gary or whatever it is, I, Windy Winston or something. And I was like, hey, I remember these. So I kind of got back into them, you know, like maybe in my teens. And from there, 
Well, I, I got to be honest. I discovered the movie much later than you would expect. I didn't know that there was a movie or a cartoon until like maybe 2002, 2003, when I was reading an article on it. I think it was I Mockery or maybe it was Dinosaur Dracula's old site. But I just remember reading this. and was like, oh, my gosh. This is disgusting, and I have to see it. <laughs> well, that's awesome, though, that you you had the history with the cards then to to pull from. I was kind of in a similar boat where Garbage Pail Kids was definitely the domain of my white trash neighbors down the street. <laughs> you know, they were the bad kids. And I remember mm-hmm. the day that my classmate's older brother showed them to me. It was probably like 1988, and I couldn't deny the appeal. I was like, oh, this is, like, fantastic. But it felt so dangerous, like, I should not be seeing these like most things mm-hmm. these kids show me you know and, Pretty much. Uh, and i don't even know i don't think i dared ask my parents for a pack you know fearing i was just going to be reprimanded and shamed but i would always shuffle through my friends stacks when i went to their houses you know and i just wanted to see what was the next form of madness that people came up with and i always liked more the ones that were a clever parody as opposed to the really mm-hmm. gory ones. So I like simple stuff like Mona Loser, you know, basically Mona Lisa, Roy Bot, who was like a Transformer, Doey Joey, which is like the Pillsbury Doughboy being crushed by a rolling pin on a, on a board, you know. And then, you know, Adam Bob, obviously, is iconic. Yeah. He was on the rapper. Oh, yeah. Um, but a few of the gross ones that did stick with me, there was like Bustin' Dustin, who oh was, my God. He was all this beat up kid tied up like a pretzel. He looked like he was a boxer, but he looked like he was in a wrestling match. So I was always very confused by him. But there was like Shorn Sean, who was shaving, but he was like shaving the flesh off his, oh. off his cheek, you know, and even like Jughead Ted. He was just a pitcher, but his brain was pouring out into a glass. I mean, it's just, it was creative. It was fun. Uh, so I do have a question for you and Jeremy. Yeah. If when you guys found the, a card that had your names on it, how excited did you get? In my case, it worked out because it wasn't anything you know that made me sound stupid or disgusting. I was just like, oh, Adam <laughs> Bob, yeah. Right. And then later on, there was a wrestler named Adam Bob. Chad, I know yeah, you all about was. him. <laughs> oh yeah. About more for that, but Jeremy, you actually are. The newbie to the world of Garbage Pail Kids, right? Mm. This is not mm, your era. So, I mean, aside now that you've seen the movie for the first time, which we will get into that. Oh, I'm did, sorry. Did you hear about them? Did you know about them just in pop culture at all? Uh, I've known of their existence. Didn't get into really anything about them. Never really seen the cards. It appears there is a Jeremy Genius. <laughs> oh, so you're on board with that. <laughs> or a Jeremy Jeremy. <laughs> I like that one. Which I, I've had that uh, name before. So, <laughs> yeah, I was not looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, now you missed out because, again, I, th- and I think it would, would be the era. Maybe th- it was there something in your childhood that you can recall that was the gross thing. Because, you know, we had during this time, I mean, there was other similar things like Mad Balls, you know, was mm. another kind of really gross. Or the uh, Mad Scientist Laboratory toys <laughs> where you would, like, dissect an alien and it was filled with slime, you know. I guess the creepy crawlers. Um, there was also the the easy bake oven creepy crawlers. Mm-hmm. You could yeah. like eat them. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, those were great. The, what was interesting is the Garbage Pail Kids cards, or stickers officially is what they were, they ran only for three years. It was 1985 to 1988, and in that time frame, they made 15 different series of cards, which is amazing. They just kept cranking about because they were so popular. And it even got to the point where it wasn't just, you know, these packs of stickers anymore with your stick of gum. They had merchandise of all sorts of mm-hmm. They had bouncy balls. They had keychains. They had... <laughs> I specifically remember being in the grocery store, and this may have even predated when I saw the cards, but seeing this sticky hand toy with oh, a character the on it. Snappers. Yeah, which were so cool. And it was like the kid's tongue coming out of the picture and turning <laughs> into the sticky thing, you know? And, I, so like, and they had, like, sticker versions of them, and all of that was so neat. I mean, Chad, did you ever end up with any of those periphery items? I didn't, but my buddy Brian writes a blog called It's Trash Culture. He sent me a little package, and there was a pack of, like, giant stickers that you could, like, put on, like, say, a binder. Do you remember those? I do, yeah. They're kind of like mini posters, just big cards, and they're fantastic. But I I, I never really had any of the merchandise, no. You know, the other part of it, too, is that – Just the origin of the whole phenomenon is interesting, too, because Topps Trading Cards, they've been around forever. They were, like, really the progenitors of baseball cards and things like that. And so they were doing novelty non-sports cards for a while. I mean, they tried all sorts of stuff. And even for a lot of movies, you know, that they would mm-hmm. they would create the, the card tie-in for that. But what they wanted to do is in the 80s, the Cabbage Patch Kids were a huge, like that was, but I, a lot of people remember from the 90s, like when Tickle Me Elmo or even the, the Power Rangers <laughs> toys, when those first came out, you just couldn't yep. find them. And people were fighting over them. I mean, there were riots over them, you know. And, and so they said, oh, well, we got to cash in on this. Let's talk to the the Cabbage Patch Kids group and say, we'll make cards. And basically, it was such a big deal at that point that the (laughs) Cabbage Patch Kids people said, well, yeah, you'll pay a huge licensing fee because we're helping you. We don't need Uh your help. And they were so bitter about it that they said, you know what? We're just we're gonna stick it to him, and we're gonna take this one guy, Mark Newgarden, had sketched a Garbage Pail Kids card, just a single one, as a parody for their Wacky Packages series, which were you know again you'd get like you know raisin brains, you know, where it was a bowl mm-hmm. full of you know of brain shaped raisins, you know, or whatever. And so they just ran with that concept, and then turned into this giant thing. You know, I was actually there's a great documentary called Thirty Years of Garbage. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on you know everywhere you want to. But they had this great interview with one of the artists, and he said the reason they were so popular and parents hated them so much is that the cards, if you look on the package, they were 25 cents. So kids could buy them themselves and make it their own thing, whereas a bigger toy, you know, if you wanted Castle Grayskull, you needed parents' approval for funding, right? But if you could do it yourself (laughs) and it's like your own deal, then it just grows and grows and grows, you know? Sometimes I wonder, like, the fidget spinner thing, if that had somehow had, like, <laughs> razor blades on the end would that have been even more popular you know like but it was cheap you there, know that's totally there's if it's if it hasn't gotten a wacky package card yet because they still make wacky packages i think don't they yeah yeah so if they have to be coming up with something if they haven't yet yeah i really hope so and you know and like you said they've even revived you know, as of 2003 garbage pail yeah. kids is back and a lot of it is 80s throwback type parodies mm-hmm. but but i go to this convention every year retrocon and uh it's so oh, retrocon oh it's great i love it oh, be there chad <laughs> 
I, a lot of my friends go there, and I have been trying to get down. I think it's like it's the one outside uh, Philly, right? Right, and uh, they have garbage pail kids artists, like the current artists, set up a booth, and you can commission drawings. You can get your own custom garbage pail kid. I actually had a buddy. His daughter's name is Lydia, and she was named after the Beetlejuice character, okay. and he ended up getting a custom card with her on it because she had dressed as Lydia for Halloween. So oh, then now wow. she became a garbage pail kid. He did that last year. I was like, that's so awesome. You know, it's it's funny. You you bring up that they got brought back in like 2003. I remember because I was actually subscribed to Mad Magazine, and when they first came back, Mad Magazine actually included like a few samples in the magazine. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, oh, wow, not bad. The art's still pretty good, and I was all in. You know, they do like superheroes now. They do like, you know, political faces. Mm-hmm. They do movie stars. I love the new Garbage Pail Kids. I think they're just as cool now as they were 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, they kind of ran the gamut of the social satire of pop culture culture things but i actually have a pack this is uh from series six that i picked up at retrocon this year and obviously our podcast listeners can't see this but i'll post it to twitter so i'm going to open up this pack right now and i'll just give you a few of the names here and see what we're dealing with we got gnawing nora which is a a little girl who's chewing her fingers literally to the bone (laughs) okay wow so we got that we got troy toy who's got like a a spider slinky body (laughs) Okay, so that one's fun. We got Joan Clone, who's like a little baby in a diaper with clothes growing out Ew. of her. Pretty gross. And oh, here's the here's one that uh, you know got definitely an artistic mind, an art history major would love of Uplifton Clifton. I like it. Yeah, but this one, I feel like this is if they have not created this as an actual toy that you can own. This is, you see this, Ashley Trey, so a little baby whose mouth is a cigarette ashtray. So that's just oh my God. <laughs> the things they came up with. And you know what's funny is this is totally normal. This is, this is, like, if you had opened up a pack of these like you're doing right now, oh, my gosh, it's just, yeah, all right, well, business as usual. It's just what you come to expect, you know. One more I'll show to you guys is uh, a few years ago when I was just feeling nostalgic, I just said, you know, I want to I want to order at least one Garbage Pail Kid to have nearby me at all times. And I didn't know that Tops was behind Bazooka Joe gum, but that was like their cash yeah. cow for a lot of years, too. I just, I never made the connection. And I used to get it all the time, go to the barber shop with my dad. There's always a bucket of Bazooka Joe, read the two-panel <laughs> comic that wasn't funny, but it was interesting. So, but they did a parody, and they did Joe Blow, who is Bazooka Joe, as a garbage pail kid. That's just one of my favorites. A great look. Yeah, so there's so much fun there. So, yeah, so check Twitter for it, guys. We'll post that when the episode goes up. You can see the collection of cards. Uh, I'll plug also that I'm doing a series over at retrodays.org right now where I write as Hoju Coolander. And uh, I've been doing this trading card treasures series where I open up vintage packs of cards and just kind of share my thoughts. So this next round is going to have a few garbage pail kids in there. So keep an eye out for that as well. But, Jeremy... We got to talk about this movie, and we're going to get into the history oh, of this yeah. movie. But before we do, can you read us the plot summary, such as it is? All right. This is a short and not so sweet. When an unfortunate orphan boy named Dodger 
releases a group of deformed children from another world <laughs> in their garbage can prison. He uses the sewing skills of these newfound Oompa Loompas, no, I mean friends, <laughs> to impress his neighborhood crush, who is definitely twice his age, and wannabe fashion designer Tangerine. But when these garbage pail kids are arrested for being too ugly, can Dodger and Captain Manzini rescue them from destruction in time to get their revenge at Tangerine's trashy fashion show? <laughs> Oh, God. Wow. Well, you have to cut the screenwriter and the producers of this film a little slack simply based on the fact that there is no mythology. When you read these cards, there is not a story behind it. This is just a strange universe where these terrible things happen. Strange? That's that, that's the nicest way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's one of those things where I feel like this movie falls right next to Howard the Duck for me as VHS oh. rentals for my youth that totally caught me off guard and how repulsive an adult they were. And I could never shake them from my mind. And I, they're, they look like yeah, kids Yeah, because let's films. repeat. Let's, let's stop right there. This is <laughs> not a children's movie. Despite what they want us to believe. Do not have your kids watch this until they're... Oh. Graduated. <laughs> show your kids Clockwork Orange before you show them this. I don't know, but kids these days watching, <laughs> you know, The Walking Dead and whatever else they're into, I feel like this is not so terrible now, except for the overwhelming sense of grime you feel in this universe that they've created in the movie, you know? I almost have to go put on Howard the Duck in order to wash this out of my mind. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys ever watch one of those movies from, like, a Grindhouse movie from the 70s? Yeah. And it just looks like everyone had sex and no one took a shower and everyone did cocaine <laughs> this is essentially the love child of terrible 70s life drugs. choices yeah pretty much yes <laughs> well and speaking of that the director of this film was a stunt man they kind of got into directing eventually you know and he could really care less about this movie it was just kind of him throwing it together <laughs> And if you need, like, more of an oral history of the film, there are plenty of interviews that have been done, you know, with the 30th anniversary this year of the film coming out in 1987. People are interested again. It's got, it's had a cult following. Another great show, of course, How Did This Get Made, covered it recently. Yes. And even uh, on their bonus episodes had an interview with Mackenzie Aston, who is the star of this film. Yeah, I've got some interesting quotes from that interview yeah let's hear what he had to say but I, I i i just have to say mackenzie aston i was a fan of the later seasons of the facts of life which is where he gained his stardom really and i like because they ran that 80s novelty store that was basically spencer's yes. gifts yes and it was so, uh, i loved that store there was actually a store in my town that was so similar to it and i just loved it i was like i can't believe it there's inflatable flamingos and neon everywhere it's great uh, and, and but seeing him on the cover was another reason and why I was like, oh, Mackenzie Aston's in this. I'll watch it. And it should be mentioned for those who don't know, because he he does continue to work, but during his child star days, he was also he's the brother, the younger brother of Sean Aston from the Goonies. And yeah. that's what he thought he was getting to make because he was kind of jealous that Ooh. Sean got all these great roles and he hadn't been in movies yet. As he gets the script, he's like, right. yeah, I can make it this summer. And then he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Let me just say this. I'm a younger brother myself, so I get it. But if you're, you know, if you're signing the deal that says, hey, you're going to make a garbage film kids movie, I don't know if you want to consider this your Goonies. <laughs> 
Well, it's it's wholly appropriate when you really stop and think about it. The way this movie mm-hmm. makes you feel, the way it looks like garbage. Yes. Like it, it's actually mm-hmm. it's perfectly uh, situated in the in the same vein as what garbage pail kids really are but you i think we just expected more because it was such a big deal there was that anticipation to like oh well of course we love this so much we're going to love the movie uh, but even in the script phase i know mackenzie aston said he showed it to his dad because he signed the contract without consulting with his dad who is john aston who is an acting teacher. Yeah. And I, yeah, and his mom was the Screen Actors Guild president. Yeah, oh. Patty Duke. Yeah, for the Patty Duke show, yeah. Yeah, so apparently he went and did this without either of his parents. <laughs> it's like, hey, we've got this, we got this role, you're going to be a star, and... It's the Garbage Pail Kids. The, the thing you mentioned, Jeremy, is one of the major plot points of this film, right, is really this kid, Dodger, is an orphan who lives in an antique store run by a guy, crazy man named Captain Manzini, who's apparently a wizard. Mm-hmm. Wait, does does he actually live there? He does. Or, yeah. Well, where else does okay. he live? We never see him go I have anywhere. no idea. <laughs> well, I didn't know there was a home for ugly people either. I, I literally, like, in the version I had to watch because I couldn't find it anywhere, it was sped up and, like, zoomed in on YouTube. Oh, so I, did, I didn't get the glory of everything. I just got the overly zoomed in portion. And I thought they were taking these ugly garbage pail kids to animal control <laughs> that's what it looked like they look like dog catchers right right and there's that little girl that they do catch these kids playing hide and seek and she's wearing like a dog face person mask and they capture her <laughs> and then she takes it off she's like hey i'm normal they're like ah <laughs> oh you got us but but the but the weirdest thing is that they they have this garbage can that Captain Manzini just puts heavy things on top of and warns Dodger not to open. Don't do it. It's like how did he come to have this? There's no history. Does he know what's inside? Yeah, it's like he has just some kind idea. of pieces, but <laughs> eh. You know, we'll talk about the Garbage Pail Kids themselves in a minute, but the way they get released is that there is this gang, this trashy dude. He's real slick looking, but he's a, a homicidal maniac. He's yeah. <laughs> well, this is the 80s when 30-year-olds played, you know, 16-year-olds, mm-hmm. and you got away with yeah. it somehow. But but this guy's name is Juice, and he just he's so evil. It's like, and he but he like literally is like trying to kill this kid for no reason other than hey, you're supposed to give me money. Don't run away. Oh, you're talking to my girl. Now I gotta kill you. And it, it's so bad. Like he looks like a an evil Richard Marx or you know Richard Greco, one of the Richards from the eighties. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> And he's got that tough guy accent, like, hey, what are you doing? But he's got also these two enforcers, right? This girl, this guy who, like, wear fishnet everything, and they just, they don't talk a whole lot, but they sure like to chuckle like goons. But the thing is, so, like, they come into the antique shop, they start roughing him up, and then that's when the garbage can falls down, and slime oozes out. Not kids Ugh. popping out automatically, but slime oozes out. Then they drag him to the sewer, and they chain him to a sewer pipe, and they turn on the sewage, and they're going to drown him because he's knocked out. 
And it's just like these, these people are crazy. And that's what like scared me as a kid. It wasn't the garbage pail kids and their costumes. It was the evil nature, you know, of the, of this gang. I was just, it freaked me out. Like I, I couldn't fathom that there were people that bad in the world. I mean, I was six years old watching it. I shouldn't have been, right. but, you know. <laughs> but tell me, when you, Chad, first started watching this movie then, you know, 2003, whatever it was, you're an adult man. What was your first impression as this started unfolding? This movie's gross. <laughs> like, this, everything about this movie is just very angering. The first time I saw it, I was like, holy crap, money was spent on this. I didn't like the makeup. I didn't... I, Oh, I did. Well, I, this is essentially my reaction. <laughs> over my <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, it just bothered the hell out of me. The first time I watched it, I was like, this was, this was just bad. Yeah, I mean, and there are low budget movies that are still imaginative and fun and yeah. manage to do it. This one, unfortunately, just, although Mackenzie Aston is like, he is, He's, you know, a great kid actor, so he's got a lot of energy. He's really good. He's nice, but everybody yeah. else around him just looks so disgusting by comparison, especially, Jeremy, you mentioned Tangerine, who <laughs> is his crush. What a woman. Neighborhood crush. Yeah. Uh, t- talk about that relationship, what you noticed, Jeremy. Well, just visually, it looks like he's about 12, mm-hmm. and she's like 21. <laughs> Granted, having done some research... They're about the same age. They're like 13, 14, what? 15 Yeah, ish. well, girls mature faster what? than boys. That's what All we always right. heard, right? All right. Yeah. Like, he was born in 73. She was born in 72, which totally wait, surprised wait me. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. You're saying that they're the same age in this they movie? They are the same age. Well, and the other fun fact, right? They were dating during this and movie. And that's what I was just reading. They... <laughs> They were dating, and they asked him, hey, do you know of any 15-, 16-year-old actresses? Oh, yeah, my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, well, let's bring her in. <laughs> she can act, right? No? Okay, well, we'll still bring her in. Yeah, and the sad part is their relationship did not survive the production of the film. Oh. He was looking for his big break. It just wasn't the one he was expecting, you know, nope. unfortunately. Right. Sorry, Mackenzie. Oh, Mackenzie just, just can't, he just can't catch a damn break. <laughs> Holy cow, this poor kid. I want to make a movie right now just so he can star in it. He needs to make friends with Adam Sandler. I'm surprised his brother hasn't been like, hey, Adam, uh, we could get my brother in on some things. Yeah, well, yeah, because they had, what, 51st Dates together, so with the Sean. So. Sean well, Aston was in for 51st Dates? Yeah, Sean he also wore been some in a lot of them. Yeah, he was wearing some see-through tank tops in that oh, movie. Which oh, was, yeah, he was. What if, yeah. Wait a minute. What if that's a tribute to uh, Garbage Pail oh, Kid? there it was. <laughs> oh. Dig deep, folks. You'll find it. That's right. <laughs> Another deep poll, if, if anybody is not a fan of this film. I don't know who you are, but Pee-wee's Big Adventure, you know, there's the, the whole tequila scene is where he befriends a biker gang. That mm-hmm. same biker gang for Pee-wee's Big Adventure is the biker gang in the biker bar in this movie. And so you, right. Yeah, you see the same <laughs> actors, and you're like, whoa, because those guys are unmistakable, you know, of that era. Wait a minute. <laughs> are you saying that Garbage Pail Kids and Pee-wee are in the same universe? Are in the same, same universe. Oh, it makes so much sense. If Large Marge can exist, why not 
The garbage pail kids. Wait, was Elvira in the gang too? Oh, I wish. She was not, she didn't make it into this incarnation of the gang. Maybe she got jumped out. I don't know. Elvira <laughs> has suddenly. But you know, here's the thing. Even though, you know, this particular film did incredibly poorly at the box office, Tops did eventually have a hit with a trading card based movie when Tim Burton made Mars Attacks in the yes. 90s. I mean, that was one of their first big hits in the 60s was Mars Attacks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's not that it can't be done. It just wasn't done. <laughs> they didn't quite do it. You know what? And I, I just kind of want to say this. I'm, a, I'm very hard on this movie because I didn't see it in, in the heyday. And I feel like even if I did, I probably would have just been so disgusted. I got to say, the guy that does Captain Manzini, he's not that bad. He, I mean, he's a little over the top, but... I, he's it's almost pretty, like he was on BBC or something. Oh yeah, he, he yeah, Anthony Newley was a very well regarded actor and performer on stage. Bad. Yeah, he was a singer songwriter. So I mean, he had a career. How he ended up in this movie, I'll never know. But the, you know, the people that did end up in this movie are the little people who were actually in the Garbage Pail Kids costumes. Yes, right. Those guys had a pedigree that was great. I mean, you had Kevin Thompson, who's been, I mean, he was in Star Wars. I mean, he was an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. You know, um, even the the girl who played uh, Valerie Vomit, because she, she was interviewed in the documentary. I remember her from an episode of In Living Color, where she was <gasps> this little yes. person superhero Handyman. with Handyman. Yeah. <laughs> That was her? Yeah. Anyway, so obviously, you know, there's only so many little people parts in Hollywood. But here's the thing. I feel like people get down and say the costumes are so bad. They look terrible. The costumes are actually not the worst thing ever. No. It's just that the mouths don't move. And that's yes, the they don't. Part. No. That, and that's... that uncanny valley is terrible. And Ooh. it's just awkward. And, yeah, there were so many scenes where it's just like, it looks like it's dubbed over because they're not talking, but words are coming out. <laughs> you know what's funny is you said, you know, it looks like they're dubbed over. You know who did one of the voices was Jim Cummings. Oh, yeah. Who was uh, Darkwing Duck and Winnie the know, Pooh. Karen, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's done it all, man. I love me some Jim Cummings. But the thing is, too, is the eyebrow acting, you know, the eye acting that the, the you know, the puppeteers were able to do is actually pretty convincing. You get some decent expressions out of them. I remember the one that disturbed me the most as a kid, of course, as a six-year-old, you've made a big triumph. You don't pee in your pants anymore. And then here yep. comes that nerd just wetting himself every 20 minutes, you know? <laughs> That's like his claim to fame. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to back you up. I, For what they were going for and probably the budget they have, it's disgusting to look at, but that's the goal of a garbage pail kid. I, I mean, it's not the worst in the world. I think that they did pretty good. Would I want one of those masks in my apartment, like on no. my shelf staring at me? Gosh, no. But, you know, it, it, I think they weren't that bad. I think they were pretty good. It's just disgusting as hell. <laughs> well, they were. And, and the nice thing was, too, they were actually based on real garbage pail kids cards. Like, they wasn't they just took the name and then made up their own deal. I mean, those were literal translations of the characters. I mean, you had Messy Tessie, you had Wendy Winston, you had Greaser Greg, you know, all of those guys, Foul Phil, like every one of them, you could have their card and have your Garbage Pail Kids the Movie collection, right? Mm-hmm. And even at the beginning of the film, they have like new 
kind of more stylized paintings that are not mm-hmm. the original art, but they fly, you know, and that opening. I don't know what's yep. going on with that opening. Because like you said, Jeremy, are they aliens? Where do they come from? It's never explained. They don't bother with it. No, no, they don't. <laughs> Can I touch on one thing here? Yes. It, we got to talk about the songs in this movie. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I have the soundtrack, but I have also a very high tolerance for terrible, like, kid movie songs. So these songs are just so atrocious. Like, this is the kind of stuff Disney producers would laugh at. We can do anything by helping out each other. Like, <laughs> my God. Oh, so bad. This is oh. juvenile bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm. Family-friendly podcast. Yeah, let's keep it appropriate. This is just juvenile garbage, literally. All right, so so this movie had a million-dollar budget. That's it. Really? Which, at the time, would have been a little high, I guess. That's not bad. Well, I feel like they blew it on the special effects for the opening and the outfits, (laughs) and then they're just like, write whatever you want. Who cares, you know? Here's a wobbly spaceship. Yeah. (laughs) But getting back to the songs real quick, I do feel like the Garbage Pail Kids song, like, you know, and you could be yes. a Garbage Pail Kid. Like, that to me is right on par with the Monster Squad rap. It's like the same level of quality and campiness oh, and fun. So I'll get on board for that one. I think that's kind of fun. Do not let Sean Robert hear you say compare those two songs. <laughs> oh, we've had him on. He'll forgive us. No, he'll, he'll rebuff it, I'm sure. But, um, you know, the other thing that we should mention is, Yo, so this failed, right? Movie came out, nobody cared. Mostly, if anybody caught it, it was on home video. But there was also a Garbage Pail Kids Saturday morning cartoon created the same year. You can watch it on YouTube. I don't know how many people have seen it, but it's pretty benign. Like, it's a very generic, like, it could have been what the Popples were doing that week or what the Snorks uh-huh. were doing that week. I mean, it's the same type of couple of character adventures. None of them are terribly distinct, and they do weird yeah. movie parodies. But, like, to me, it was kind of part Muppet Babies, just so, uh, something along those lines. Yeah. What happened was, so they produced it, and it was all scheduled to play on CBS Saturday mornings, and then these these parent groups got up in arms about it because they already hated the cards. So like setting in these letters saying like, how can you do this? They did a whole PR campaign. CBS wants to poison our children's minds. So even though it was promoted, it was in the TV guide. The day it was supposed to premiere, CBS chickened out and pulled it. So I think it aired internationally, but never in the States. Right. right I believe it went to the UK and aired. So, I mean, if you're curious, you can watch. (laughs) The ending of this movie left it open for a sequel, and they Mm -hmm. sort of planned for one, but due to the reaction, they only made $1.5 off of it off the box office. Uh, It was scrapped. Imagine that. Yeah. I'm shocked. Well, the funny thing hey. to me is if the, it was reported by this website, flickeringmyth.com. They did this this interview with uh, Rod Amato, the director, and it said he said, Yo, yeah, yeah, plans were put into place for the Garbage Pail Kids movie, too. And I said, no, 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 no. I've gone this far. I go no further. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that idea, that phrase, I go no further. I cannot oh move into this realm of Garbage Pail Kids. Oh. Can you imagine him going into a meeting like a very serious, okay, man, we're ready for this second movie. We're ready for the sequel. We know kids are going to love it. No, no, no. I go no further. And then he just levitates out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, he's a stuntman, so he probably just jumped through the window, did a roll, shoulder roll, you know, and then sped away on the hood of a car. There was also a rumored reboot, but that, yeah. that idea has been shot down multiple times. So, yeah, this is going to be a stretch tonight, guys. Well, like we like we said, I mean, the good news is there is no set formula for a Garbage Pail Kids story. There's no mythology for us to upset. So, really, we can take this. I mean, other than if we want to run with the fact that there was a garbage can floating in space, which did not, we didn't see them inside. We don't, maybe it literally was just a garbage can that Superman threw up there one day. You know, I don't know. <laughs> or the kids, wasn't part the, the kids uh, in the Explorers movie, wasn't their spaceship partially made out of garbage cans? But yeah, let's get into this then. I, I'm excited to hear what ideas we have. Like I said, Chad, you were the one that claiming there oh, was dear. so much to be done. Can we hear from you? What is your pitch? Okay, so here's the deal. I, I went the easy way, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. You just right now gave me an, a, a new idea. Oh ho! You know, obviously the easiest pitch would have been you know for Dodger to claim Captain Manzini's store and the Garbage Pail Kids are still living down there and. You know, he helps out some new kid of the community. That that's that's the easy straight to DVD sequel that we've seen. But what if we were to get an anthology movie featuring all the garbage pail kids in different cities of the country or yeah. the world? Like, hey, there's one in England. Uh, he you know he wouldn't be as you know disgusting. He would be a little bit more proper. But you know. What if you were to just take, you know, take seven garbage pail kids and give them each like 10 minute stories? You wouldn't have, you know, like a just one style. Have you guys ever seen that movie, uh, that anthology movie, um, VHS? Oh yeah. That's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where they get like, like they get like 10 or 15 like directors to do their own little like small short. What if they were to do that with garbage pail kids? They could have someone do like a, Stop motion one, a claymation. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. It, 3D and anime one. See, now I just want to throw my old idea out the window and go. <laughs> my idea was the Garbage Pail Kids were going to help out Dodger. You know, he was going to take a new kid under his wing and help him, you know, learn the secrets of the Garbage Pail Kids. And my idea was how about we create some new Garbage Pail Kids? Now, are you ready to hear this cast? Yeah, let's hear it. Bring it on. Bomb is, of course, the main Garbage Pail Kid. And this is something I had put out there on Twitter, that he should be voiced by Seth Rogen. Oh, that would be good. I could feel, I could hear it right now. Yeah, definitely. Adam Bomb, Seth Rogen. Okay. Okay. So then, you know how in, like, the Smurfs movie and all that, you get, you know, a celebrity to kind of make fun of themselves. Like, they had Katy Perry do Smurfette yeah, and all that. Well, Okay. What if we were to make a new character based off some celebrity singer? So I thought, since I'm a huge fan of Lady Gaga, you could do, like, Lady Blah Blah or, like, Lady Blah Blah. Or you could get, like, Dolly Parton and get, like, you know, Moldy Parton or Dolly Farton or something <laughs> like that. The Garbage Pail Kids, they could be watching a music video, and it would be done in the style of the music video, like, say, Poker Face. But it's like a gar it's just full of garbage pail kids recreating it. <laughs> These are the terrible ideas I have. Hey, it could it could only go up from the original, so I'm liking it so yeah, far. Yeah, true. Okay, question though, Chad, for you. So 
So did you, were you imagining this? Are they CG creations? Are they people in costumes? Are they stop motion, like you said? What would be your preferred way to see them brought to life? I I wrestled around with that. And I got to say, I I think that to do it practical effects just would kind of, I think, damage it. I think if you were to kind of do it like a Rod, well, not even a Roger Rabbit. I played around with that where you could do like like a cell-based animation and have them like interact with humans or, but I think like doing CGI, I know a lot of people don't like CGI and, you know, yeah, there is a lot of bad CGI, but I think that this would be a perfect opportunity to, for some good CGI. I think you could get some really fun... Hey, you could even get, like, a transforming, like, what is it, shape-shifting garbage pail kid. Although I, I think your buddy Hornswoggle is a little upset you're not going to give him work and let him jump in a costume. Because he'd definitely be up for a role, I'm sure, if they were doing it practically. I've never been a big Hornswoggle guy, but <laughs> I would gladly give him a role in this movie. Just because, you know, he 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 embraces his, you know, goofiness. So he is more than welcome to hop on board. Yeah, but I, but I like that, though. Garbage Pail Kids, The Next Generation, or the anthology series. Who knows? Jeremy, how about you? <laughs> oh, the only pitch I could think of is rounding up all copies of this movie and burying it like the E.T. video game <laughs> in a landfill somewhere. <laughs> and then they, they emerge from the landfill. They've been mutated. They come no, to life. No, <laughs> they'll haunt your dreams. And then you'd essentially have, what was it, the the toxic Avenger? Oh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. Brainstorm. Ready? (laughs) Let's make a meta movie where a bunch of kids (laughs) gather up every copy of this movie, and then, like, they kind of make a pack. All right, we'll never tell anyone about this movie ever again. But the garbage pail kids haunt their dreams. Ooh, so you got a Freddy Krueger-style attack. I like it. (laughs) And they sing the song in your nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Jeremy's going to have nightmares tonight. Yeah. See you later, alligator. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> nice. So, now, in my case, I looked at this and I said, Chad's right. There are so many ways to go with this that I, again, in honor of the traditional style of the cards, where there was an A card and a B card, I have an A pitch and a B pitch. So, we'll see where we go with this. Now, in the first one, I actually imagined it as more of a reboot, because I said, okay... Do we really want to continue in this universe, or can we say, okay, it's it's similar, but how do we tweak it? So in my case, a Garbage Pail Kids movie is about a lonely outcast kid named Todd who's going through puberty, which is making him stinky, smelly, gross, awkward, and his classmates refer to him as Odd Todd. And so after a particularly embarrassing incident at school in front of his crush, Todd ditches his classes and hides out at a museum exhibit of a mysterious Sumerian hieroglyphic piece of wall that was pulled from some temple. So there he resurrects a seemingly innocent race of alien invaders called the GPIC or the GPK, which he refers to as garbage pail kids based on the appearance of their spacecraft in the stone etchings. So he befriends these gross little creatures and finds that they each have unique talents. And Todd is given the ability to summon each kid and their individual powers. Once he sketches their images onto a tiny card, then he can take their essence with him and he could call upon them. So, after using the power of these GPIC beings to get revenge on and humiliate his bullies, Todd quickly loses control of the kid 
kid to reveal their true plan is that ages ago they came to the earth. They were tempted to summon their leader, who was called Adam Bomb, to blow up the earth and mutate its inhabitants with radiation in order to make them look more like the G-Pick so they could have more friends. But they were thwarted by Sumerian priests, so now they plan to finish the job. So Todd ultimately shows them how ugly humanity is to each other through YouTube comment threads and reality TV shows, convincing wow. the kids that Earthlings oh would God. not make good friends, and the G-Pick leave Earth in disgust forever. Todd returns to school where some cool kids discover his drawings of the G-Pick creatures and asks Todd to create Garbage Pail Kids parodies of themselves, turning him into a school celebrity. Happy ending for Odd Todd. <laughs> I guess we know who wins this contest. Well, well, well let's yeah. see. I don't know. Wait, let's, wait. let's hear your other version there, Adam. My non-family-friendly pitch oh, <laughs> is in the vein of the movie Seven. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. A 30-year high school reunion becomes the site of a serial killer's revenge plot as he gruesomely murders his childhood tormentors using extreme examples of their most offensive character traits. And the bodies are put on display in different classrooms with cutesy names written on chalkboards in blood or on locker room tiles. And anyway, so can a fellow alumni who's now a detective solve the mystery of the killer's identity before she becomes the next victim? Garbage pale kids. <laughs> wow. There you go. Well, I was not expecting that one. Holy <laughs> cow. Yeah, you know what? You still win. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Jeremy? Ah. Uh... I can't vote for my own, so Adam, yes, you win. I gotta vote for Chad's anthology. You know what? I I really gotta gotta vote for your first idea because you know what? As you're saying this, I can actually picture it happening. You know, like that Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I can totally see this kind of concept happening. Well, it, there's that, and then there's the new one hitting theaters called Wonderful. Mm -hmm. The kid is deformed. And all sorts of teasing and whatnot oh, is being shown in the trailer. So that could make theaters. <laughs> At least Netflix. Hulu seems to have the nostalgia thing going. They recently, you know, relaunched uh, TGIF and all that. So maybe we pitch it as a Hulu. But all right. Well, then I, I, I guess if that's the pitch we're going with, to me, it feels like you would go with something where, again, the eternal story of a kid being an outcast, right? And getting a group of, of friends, you know, that are a little unorthodox and being accepted. Uh, that, that's just what I felt like. That's, that's the way you're going to market it and make it work. And I think the, mm -hmm. the secret is it needs to be a little bit subversive, you know, so a little kind of gross and stuff, but yeah. you, you just, you don't need to make the world that they come to be disgusting other than maybe at the ending, like I said, you know, the, to scare them away, but it should be a normal world so that when they show up, it's, that much more jarring right so here's the question because now that you're mentioning all this do you have a star picked out mm, casting who is the kid of the hour that's the thing so who's like who's the latest mclovin right like who's the latest weird kid <laughs> that needs <laughs> needs friends so i totally have one in the back of my mind and who's i'm that? gonna pitch it to you guys right now so i'm not a f uh, this is gonna get me a lot of hate tweets but i'm not a fan of stranger things 
But that one kid with, like, the curly hair? Oh, yeah. See him doing it. Yeah, the kid who plays Dustin. You're right. He actually, yeah, because he's got kind of a little gar- garbage pail kid face himself. Oh. So, like, oh. I'm not saying he's ugly. I'm just saying he's got that cutesy, you know, kind of chubby look. So, yeah, that could work. Mm-hmm. He's going to grow up to be Ryan Gosling one, one day. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to be like, well. And they're all getting their chance, right? You know, you got that one yeah. kid in It, and the other kid, Jonathan, is uh, is in the new Mutants movie. So, yeah, I mean, they're all getting their turn. So it's it's his time to headline. I like it. And, and again, the nostalgia part of that, right, would really yeah. play into the marketing and get people on board with that. So the other question I have then is who is a director that we feel <gasps> like could actually give it, you know, that nice stylistic feel because I, I i immediately go to edgar wright just because he did such a good job interpreting the scott pilgrim universe i was just about to say him that's exactly who we go with yeah <laughs> let's just do it and we'll figure out simon Pegg can write it you know he likes to write movies so simon Pegg could be a teacher oh there you go and uh i mean any any other voice actors you want to throw in because i liked your idea for your pitch you know that you were just saying let's get some some name actors in there to just smurf it up yeah. or chip Monks. I'm, I'm trying to think yeah, pretty of, much. of the people that, you know, I mean, Seth Green, obviously. you got to get Seth Green in there because he's always oh, on board. Yeah. I mean, maybe just the whole we could get mm-hmm. the robot chicken crew in there, get Donald Faison, you know. And... What about Stretch? It's a bit of a stretch. Will Smith. <laughs> oh, Will Smith. Or maybe he's above that now. I, I know what he would say. What would he say? Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I feel like that would be the weird thing is you find out Will Smith actually is a closet Garbage Pail Kids fan. How great would that be? Yeah. Like, because th- there are people like that that will really surprise you. Like, I don't know, this one's not as mainstream, but I was watching this uh, Pez documentary about Pez collectors. Mm-hmm. And this one of the guys from the Goo Goo Dolls is like a super mega... You know, oh my gosh! A uh, Pez really? collector, yeah. It's I say with the guy, this other band, uh, what less than Jake, and just you know, so <laughs> is it, you never know what these what these celebrities yeah. are into. Even Rick Springfield, he collects Star Wars figures. Like, yeah. I mean, just like here's something I heard because I I don't know if you guys are big into GI Joe, are you? Oh sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you? So have you ever heard the stories about how like if there's a giant lot on eBay and it goes for like more than like a thousand dollars, it's all. Do you know who buys them? No. Who is it? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, they said like there was a lot of like boxed stuff. I think that went for like ten thousand, and that it, the person, I guess it was either the seller or someone, found out that it was Leonardo DiCaprio buying all this stuff. Well, that's 100% where my buddy would go. I mean, it would all be action figures and old cards. So mm-hmm. <laughs> a worthwhile investment. I have new respect for Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, sure. But I feel like with this movie, the other side of it is the marketing, right? So how do you, you know, if we're saying it's going to Hulu, how do we make this an Internet sensation? And I think you have to have a party there has to be like a Hollywood party, and again, you get somebody like Seth Green or somebody who's really connected but has the nerdy slant to them, Kevin Smith maybe, <laughs> or somebody like that, that pulls a bunch of celebrities in, and then they all get to – there's a caricaturist like doing them as Garbage Pail Kids, and then you get a hashtag, and you start sharing it around, and so it's building the buzz where everybody's totally on board for it you know, because <laughs> the celebrities tell them it's cool. <laughs> 
I could totally see that happening. And then it would like you know, you invite like Entertainment Weekly, you invite Chris Hardwick. Yeah, he oh, could there be you another go. one. Yeah, there you go. Be on board for that. Yeah. So you, you, there's so many possibilities to get. I'm down. And I feel like even you know, for the younger kids. I wonder if there if this is the time, you know, so you get the movie, it's technically going to be aimed at them, even though, you know, older folks like us are the ones who are <laughs> excited about it. But I feel like it's going to spill over. So I'm trying to think of, you know, is it going to be an, a video game app or maybe it's just like the, the type that, you know, it's an actual app that turns you into a garbage pail kid. <gasps> Because the kids would be on board for that, just like their uh, Snapchat stuff or whatever. Yeah, a garbage yeah. Tale kid creator. <laughs> I almost feel like you you need to find a video game person who's the you know right on the edge of creating the next Minecraft or something, and you just uh. have them you know add the skin on of garbage pail kids, and that's how their game launches. It gets super popular. Maybe get those guys that, like, review video games on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. They could, like, do scripted little stuff. Like, they're playing a game, and all of a sudden, here comes a Garbage Pail Kid. What the hell is he doing on it? You know, stuff like that. Which, I... speaking of which, why was there never a Garbage Pail Kid's Nintendo game? That seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> he saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, ah, struck out of the movie, struck out of the cartoon, video game's a no-go. Aw. So what do you guys think of this? A fast food meal? Yeah. Burger King would do it, man. Burger King's <laughs> the one doing Take it all, the, and you, and they bring back the burger that uh, colors your feces. <laughs> oh yes, so you oh, get a class garbage pail feces. It'll be great, and you get depending on which burger you choose, it's a different color. Like they give you a different oh, wow. color oh. bun. You know, it's like that old pop quiz popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> they could call it the garbage whopper. Yeah, exactly. It's a great idea. And, and they and it should obviously come like the rapper could have a new garbage pail kids sticker, you know, on there. Do you know how many people would be buying all those whoppers? Just oh yeah, I mean they would keep it forever. Like Mad at Dinosaur Dracula, put it in their freezer <laughs> for all time. Review it five years later. <laughs> <laughs> But you know the funny thing about Garbage Pail Kids is I, I feel like there's the gross-out factor, but there's the cuteness factor. With so much like the Funko Pop vinyls and all of that, you got to also have that type of merchandise out with, like, you know, a real sculpted Garbage Pail Kid mm-hmm. look. And even, you know, Funko does pretty much every single licensing, and Garbage Pail Kids parodies popular culture. So I feel like that could just be the next step. Yeah. I'm actually looking here. It looks like they made minis. They did. I just looked that up as well. So they did tiny ones. Mystery minis. Which, can we just talk about that real quick? I am amazed by this landscape that kids live in now. Whereas in our day, it was trading cards, right? That's what you collected. Now kids collect tiny figures. You get packages of tiny figures. And to me, that would have, like, ruled my world mm-hmm. at the, the same era if, if that was a possibility. That would have driven me insane because I, I'm i so specific. If I ever got an action figure in my collection that I didn't like, oh, I would be I would have been such a brat. Oh, <laughs> I would have been inconsolable. But, like, I, I, I kind of like the, the blind bag idea because you don't know what you're going to get. I can deal with it a little bit easier now. But, like, I, hey, man, like, and they, they look cool on the computer desk. I got to say that. I have an Elvira right next to the rock and Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. Hey, maybe you, you could have gotten, we've mentioned her a couple times, in the movie. 
could get Elvira to play a garbage pail kid. That would actually be awesome. And I think it'd be funny in her case if they literally just like <gasps> just like shrunk her down digitally, but she's still well endowed, so that's oh, just dear. like a weird. <laughs> You know, <laughs> weird proportions that are already weird proportions, but the giant hair and everything. That'd be great. <laughs> the hair's taller than the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Somebody, oh. There's a photo project from a couple years back. Somebody took the 80s Garbage Pail Kids and updated them 30 years later. Oh, no. no. To oh, no. Where, where are they now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I will I will send you the link here because Bony Tony, he's a male stripper. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Why why would you do that? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's just, oh, I'm I'm trying to keep my language appropriate, but that's disgusting. Like you said, I think ultimately Hulu probably, if the movie was a hit, mm-hmm. they do turn it into the anthology series. And then you kind of just, you know, get a different adventure every week with a different director's perspective on how you take a garbage pail kid and interpret yeah. them for a modern audience. So I think that'd be a lot of fun. All right. Well, Garbage Pail Kids, the movie, coming back at you. So let's do it, people. Let's make it happen. I have to believe that the license is not that expensive. Tops is not going to be like the Cabbage Patch kids dolls people <laughs> they're not going to gouge us to want to make our garbage pail kids movie it could only help the brand we will we'll get it done but chad thank you for being here thanks for being the impetus for this discussion <laughs> <laughs> really just an excuse to wax nostalgic about garbage pail kids well thank you it was it was it's my absolute pleasure thank you but tell people a little bit about horror movie barbecue where they could find you what they could uh, expect if they visit the site oh dear um, Horror Movie Barbecue is, uh, my little slice of just everything I like. When you go to a barbecue, what do you see? You see it's not just ribs. You gotta have some side dishes. So it's not just horror movies, but it's wrestling, it's toys, nostalgia, it's, you know, I, I've got, I've got reviews about Christmas cereal coming up. I, I mean, it's, it's just whatever my weird interests are, I usually end up just posting about it. But, um, yeah, I have a podcast, too. I kind of took a break about, uh, for a couple months on it just because I, I was getting married and I had to dedicate all my time to that. But it's coming back. I'm doing some more episodes. Again, it's just like the blog where, you know, we just me, me and my buddies, we just talk about goofy stuff. Find me at HorrorMovieBarbecue.com and uh, on Twitter, HorrorMovieBarbecue. I'm always posting just random crap to get people distracted from, like, politics. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, good <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like in the Twitterverse and the circles that you and I run in on there, like we literally are insulated. In my feed, there is no politics at yes. all. It's literally just talking about, hey, I was just watching this episode of Knight Rider, and <laughs> yeah. did you notice that Michael Knight's jacket was different in the scene? It was just oh. like whatever, you know. Just don't get me started. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This week, again, as we go into the end of the year, uh, we have some fun shows planned. And I'll just tease it now because it's already scheduled. we got a special guest coming in. But we are going to be doing for Christmas our own Star Wars Christmas special, A Star Wars Story, where we are going to pitch uh, our own ideas for how we can expand the cinematic universe of Star Wars, give Disney a few more ideas to throw into the pot. That's an automatic download for me. <laughs> 
But uh, make sure you tell your friends about us, all right? We're working hard for you here. We like to be entertaining. We want to entertain more and have more fun conversations. Get in touch with us on Twitter, at SQPod. You know, if you have an idea and you want to be on the show, send us an email, sequelquestpod at gmail.com. And, of course, go to the website, check out the archives, because there's a lot of stuff that you missed, probably, if you've just found us recently. So until next time. Uh, there we go. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sequel Quest and invite you to join us next week for another discussion about a film that never was. Share your ideas with the Sequel Quest universe by visiting SequelQuestPod.com, following us on Twitter at SQPod, on Facebook by searching Sequel Quest, or sending an email to sequelquestpod at gmail.com. Let the world know how much you enjoy the show by leaving a review and five-star rating on iTunes. All films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. 